<laughs> yes, yes, yes. I think we've if, if if one has been unfaithful, we have both done it. <laughs> yeah, well, then it cancels it out, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't have an answer to that. Like, it's, it's <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I left that as like a question directly for you, whereas it was more of a rhetorical question, as in I don't think any of us have the answer. Welcome to How to Take the Lead, the podcast where we challenge the myths and stereotypes of what it means to be a leader today and help you to succeed in post without compromise. I'm Lee Griffith. And I'm Carrie-Anne Wade. And together we will be your guides, questioning everything we've ever learned about leadership, sharing our experiences along the way and inspiring you to make a real impact in your role. Visit howtotakethelead.com for show notes, past episodes and to join our community. Enjoy this episode. We're back. Hello. Another series, series four. We've made it. I've I've missed this. I feel slightly underprepared and uh, quite rusty. Yes, rusty is the word I would use. I'm feeling a bit rusty. Um, It feels like ages since we've done a How to Take the Lead series. So I'm very excited to be back for series four and having these regular chats with you. It feels like I've missed out on my therapy. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. So housekeeping stuff. Not much has changed, I don't think. So um, if you're new, you've just found us. Remember to hit the follow button so that you get all the future episodes. We've got 10 episodes planned for series four. So lots of good things we're going to be covering. Uh, we're on YouTube again this series. So hello to people who are who are um, watching. And uh, again, hit subscribe, follow can't, I can't keep up with all these buttons and which is follow, which is subscribe. So just do whatever it tells you on the app you're listening or watching in. Yeah. And I'm sure that will serve you really well. <laughs> Absolutely. And we're still over on Substack. We made a few changes. We've got some different content on the go over there. Um, so do join in that community if you fancy hearing more outside of the episodes from us, but also joining in the conversation and uh catching up with some like-minded leaders over in that space yeah it's a nice little it feels like we're almost like back mid nine no not not 90s mid noughties when everyone was on like the blog roll the bloggers that's that's the substack that's the vibe, vibe. So i'm thinking yeah, yeah. nice yeah. vibe i was gonna say back in the 90s gosh you're throwing us back quite far now <laughs> we don't need to get back into the vintage retro <laughs> chat <laughs> Although I'm wearing my Labyrinth t-shirt, so that is proper vintage. Impressed. <laughs> I, you've gone t-shirt, I've gone jumper. I'm checking in on the autumnal vibes, although I'm not sure I quite need them today. We're covering all seasons. We are. Yeah, we're the, po- <laughs> the podcast for all seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So what's been happening? We we finished the last series in June, so it's been a couple of months. What's what's been going on in Carrie-Anne Land? Uh, what's been going on in Carrie-Anne Land? Obviously, the day job is still uh, still going on. Lots happening in uh, that space, absolutely, and lots of leadership lessons. I'm sure that will come into uh, future episodes in this series. Um, I launched Behind the Bob Diary of the yes. Comms Director, which is the other I feel like I'm cheating on us the other podcast um uh which has been brilliant I interviewed some fabulous um communications leaders over there with a particular focus on how to attract new talent into our profession as communicators and how to increase diversity so again there might be some common themes across the two 
and it's um, been I have to say I've I've been listening uh, even though I've stepped away from my day-to-day comms job um it's still if, if you work in the field of communications um and if you are really invested in wanting to progress in your career I do highly recommend you give that one a listen because I think you've got some great people who've kind of been working at different levels actually not just senior people you've got people at different levels that you talk to about their career journeys and also how you how you kind of change the status quo so it does feel very true to the house tech lead brand as well oh, fab. i'm glad that i'm glad there's some crossover and it's not just this weird yeah weird other podcast that i'm cheating on us with so um yeah and i've been really keen not just to interview and talk to people who are already in senior leadership positions with my bunny ears because I do believe you can lead uh, in lots of different ways so it's been really nice to talk to people who are much earlier on in their careers but already demonstrating that kind of leadership and, and aspiration for the future which has been brilliant and then I'm currently running my Thrive programme so I'm working with some brilliant um, comms professionals there helping them to get more comfy um, in terms of what they want next for, for their careers and stepping up and thriving as comms professionals so yeah it's been lots going on um but I've missed this so I'm glad to be back and uh talking of uh, being a podcast sheet Lee I think there might be some <laughs> other stuff going on with you as well yes 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 I think we've if, if, if one has been unfaithful we have both done it <laughs> yeah well then it cancels it out doesn't it <laughs> so but tell yes. us more so I've I've also launched a second podcast called Leaders with Impact. And I suppose it it feels I call it almost like the cousin to how to take the lead because for me it feels like that is the podcast where I prove it's possible that you can do things differently. We talk a lot on this podcast about our own challenges and experiences and stories, and we call out the bad behaviours that we see, but we also talk a lot about how can we take action and show that there's something different and and I'm hoping that's what I'm starting to do with with that other podcast so it's it's building to the portfolio rather than taking away from what we talk about here (laughs) I have to say honestly hooked after the first episode and uh, after the first guest even totally coming away with loads of inspiration already I think I've been quoting it to people at work as well um a few of the comments from uh from your first interview with Paul yes just making sure I've got his name right um it was just brilliant and I've been quoting next practice not best practice and all sorts of other things so um yeah already hooked so again uh of course we'd love each other's podcasts it would be weird if we didn't but definitely take a listen and uh, yeah cousin of how to take the lead lots of lots more there for um for leaders to listen to absolutely so congrats on the new podcast Thank you, and to you too. But we are still very much how to take the lead in. This is still our kind of first firstborn baby, isn't it? So <laughs> <laughs> it is, and actually, how exciting that over the summer we have been uh, working with some clients. So we've actually yeah. been collaborating with each other outside of podcast in the how to take the lead space which has been brilliant so doing some benchmarking and research uh, in in the leadership space and uh also uh I've got a workshop on the horizon so very exciting yeah. yeah it's been nice to to i suppose 
do things outside of doing the podcast and just take that collaboration a little bit further and but still being true to the conversations about leadership and how to lead differently and showing up where leadership perhaps isn't working so that feels very consistent yes absolutely and I have to say as much as we might have been a little bit unfaithful with our own new podcast launches I still feel like we're very much together given that we've been working and collaborating outside of the podcast so hopefully only good things to come Yes, indeed. We've got a lot coming up this series. Um, Today's episode is, I suppose, a bit of a check-in on what's been happening since we last spoke, what's been happening in the leadership world, where we think things are going to go in 2024 and all of that kind of stuff. And then from next week, we'll get into the meat of the discussions with, with some more focused topics um, so anything else from you in terms of what you've been up to since June? Have we, uh, we covered, I mean, it feels just, pretty busy. Yeah, I mean, otherwise just life and I might have squashed a little bit of sleep in there somewhere along the way. How about you? Yeah, yeah it's it's been pretty much the same here. I mean, my, my if anyone's followed me on social media, you will have realised that I, I disappeared for a little while because I was in exam hell. Um, taking the next stage of my um, coaching accreditation uh, with the International Coaching Federation, which thankfully I passed because there's no way on earth I was going to be resitting it. <laughs> I got my little badge in the post yesterday saying saw that I'm on your socials. Yes, yes. So <laughs> that was that felt like a big, I suppose, from a professional point of view. And we talk a lot about CPD and continuing to develop in in your leadership role, whatever that might be. And coaching is one of those worlds where it's not professionally kind of regulated anywhere. There are professional bodies, but you don't have to, unlike other professions, you don't have to be a member to. But it's really important for me from a ethical point of view, from a demonstrating that I'm actually a coach and not a you know, one of these fake coaches that say they can make you millions that seem to appear online. <laughs> I want to draw that distinction. I mean, I mean, geez, if you were one of those, I think I'd be doing lots of different things in my life right now because I'd be hoping that you'd have coached me into my uh, millionaire lifestyle. <laughs> well, I think that's the whole point. They that's they promise that they take your money and then you don't don't get anywhere. So I, I so it's been important to me to continue, even though I've changed my career path since I left the corporate world um that I still continue with my development and stuff so that's been a big focus for me over the summer as well as my client work and podcast and all that kind of stuff but there has been lots happening in the world um I suppose we need to acknowledge the the tricky more than tricky situation but you know the troubles that there are at the moment the war still ongoing in the Ukraine the issue with Israel and Gaza um it's felt pretty heavy for the summer period and I know people I talk to online leaders I speak to a lot of people are questioning how they should be showing up and responding in times like this yeah, and it would be remiss, wouldn't it, of us to record this episode and not mention it. And like you say, yeah, the fact that it feels hard to describe it in an appropriate way. We started with tricky, and we're like, no, it's beyond tricky. It's, you know, absolutely 
you know, awful scenario that's happening, um, yeah, not just in Israel and Gaza, but in Ukraine. And I think that is what proves problematic sometimes for leaders to know how to pitch their communications and they start asking themselves and their leadership teams the questions around, do we acknowledge it? But if we acknowledge it, but we're not knowledgeable about it, mm-hmm. what does that look like? What support are we offering to people who might need it? Are we able to do that? Is it appropriate to not say anything? And I think that does cause, a, you know, a lot of, uh, I don't know what, I was going to use the word conflict, which seems really inappropriate to use in this scenario, but a lot of inner turmoil in a around turmoil. What's, the, what's the right thing to do here. And if I'm honest, I don't think there is a right thing to do. Mm. I think it has to be um, a judgment call for sure. And, and interestingly, in the space that I operate in with Cat's Pyjamas as a small business, I've also seen come up there a lot small business owners saying is it the right thing to still be out there trying to promote my business when this is going on and I guess there is something about trying to strike that balance if it's at all possible of of recognizing the impact of these situations on um on people and being compassionate about that and acknowledging that that's happening in the world whilst also recognizing that sadly life everywhere else continues and you have to find a way through that I think it it definitely is a a challenge for people I don't know what your thoughts are well I I think and it's not necessarily a a direct comparison but I think often you know large organizations um, particularly those who who might be public facing or public sector um, where they they are serving the public um, often have that turmoil because they will be seeing the best they'll be delivering the best and the worst in the service and some people will be having really really poor shitty experiences with an organization and will find it really distasteful when they then see said organization celebrating its staff or saying something good that's happening and and all of that kind of stuff because that's not been their experience but then you know you've also got thousands of staff who need to be motivated or you know there'll be as many people having a great experience of the service that's being provided by so there's always going to be that push and pull and that tension between how people are going to react to the stuff that you do. I think as a leader, it's about how are you showing up with that integrity, with that acknowledgement, um, but also being mindful that you can't respond to everything. And I think this particular issue of the last last couple of months, there's there's been a lot of talk about what's, what's the mental toll that it's taking? How is it affecting people's mental well-being? Mm-hmm. Just seeing all that news and, and hearing the stories and whatnot. And sometimes the right thing is to, to say, I need to step away and, and it's not for me to comment on. But I suppose as a leader, you need to be asking yourself some key questions, don't you? Is, you know, is this issue impacting the business? Yes. Is it directly affecting my staff, my stakeholders or all the people that I serve? And how does it align with what I stand for? Because, you know, if you, you're you on a platform saying you stand for X yeah. and then you don't comment when something happens that's directly related, then you, you know, that integrity gap is there, isn't it? So I think those are the markers and, and things you should be sense checking and sense checking with your network. Yeah, absolutely. And that point about what's important to your stakeholders is one to listen to, isn't it? And I think uh, it's interesting you mentioned that particularly a public sector dynamic where actually 
you know, I think there's a sense of remaining apolitical, as it were, when particularly when you work in the public sector field. And actually, sometimes that can also add a different dynamic to should we be commenting on this, because it feels hugely political. I think sometimes then as leaders, you have to just be really thoughtful about how you communicate things. So in my organisation, we have got staff whose families and are impacted as are our communities by the situation that's happening in Israel and Gaza and we had the same thing with Ukraine and Russia and it's very easy I think sometimes to get pulled into the narrative that's playing out in the media and an example I would give would be in the the situation around Ukraine and Russia our organisation felt it was the right thing to do to acknowledge that and demonstrate what support was on offer for people in our organisation who were impacted um, and initially the whole focus of that was about Ukraine and we had to say well hang on a minute we'll have people who work here and who live in our communities who, who are of Russian descent and heritage so actually we need to acknowledge that in a, a thoughtful mm. and compassionate way as well so I yeah I do think there's so much nuance in it but I absolutely agree with your point that it's about acting with integrity isn't it and understanding what's the impact on on your organization and your stakeholders and then trying to make an informed decision from there yeah and sometimes uh, d- showing up and, and giving a response might be that you are saying and doing something very specific to the to the situation but sometimes it might be I I'm I'm not the best person I but I'm going to direct you to better yeah. places that are resourced to help you cope with this and yeah. that's fine too do that signposting to other places because you can't be expected to be the expert in everything and actually it would be very disingenuous to try to be so actually yes mm. sometimes the answer is acknowledge it that that there is a situation happening that it's having an impact and here's the place for people to go if they want they want to know more find out more yeah so what else has been going on i mean politics we we often touch on that it's been political conference season it's, oh i was going to call it political silly season but you've been much more <laughs> diplomatic about it hasn't it just can i just say up front one of the things i've absolutely been loving about uh conference season um has been on uh laura coonsberg on is she saturdays or sundays i can never remember sunday. maybe on sunday uh the word clouds presenting the word clouds back to the leaders of we asked this many people what they thought of you as a leader and here are the words that they honestly see in people's reactions when quite a lot of them have just I I think on Rishi Sunak's my favorite was massive font rich yeah (laughs) I'm just honestly so that's been a delight for me (laughs) I I wonder how many organizations though do exercises like that of their leaders to tap in. I know people do staff surveys and blah, 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 but how much are they really tapping into what people think about them and understand? That would be quite an interesting exercise. And and is there a way to do the 360-degree feedback like that? Because I've been involved in 360-degree feedback on both sides, um, but it is still quite a small selection of stakeholders isn't it mm. they give that feedback but the word cloud thing I was lo- I honestly I thought that was brilliant so yeah maybe there's a way to just think about how you can do that and capture opinion because yeah. I, huge amounts of learning although I'm not sure how uh, some of our political leaders are intended to learn from some of that but learning how to respond to uh challenging feedback is probably also a good one <laughs> well it's 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 an interesting one isn't it because um it all depends the lens in which you're viewing that 
information so the fact that we see rich really writ large as a negative thing is because we're looking at it through our lens of Absolutely. but for him and for the conservatives where they want to promote wealth and that all of m- that, that kind of stuff that might well be exactly what he was <laughs> aiming for with his uh whole persona and how he's being perceived and uh, i know there's more than one political party and i don't want to end up doing some rishi bashing but also the fact that his wife introduced him at this conference i thought was a bit random I don't know why. I just thought, oh, this is all a bit weird. And it got weirdly quite a lot of backlash online for like positioning her as the, here's my wife introducing me rather than being like, I've got this powerful woman in my life who's supporting me. So it was just interesting to see again. But in America, in America, you think about the Obama campaign and Michelle Obama, you know, would get up and hype up her husband before he came on stage as part of the campaign. But we all celebrated that. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's I, I don't I don't know if there is a right or wrong answer to that. Maybe no. it's I didn't I didn't watch it personally, so I can't form a view. But is it was it was it style and approach rather than the actual act that might have been yes. the issue I don't know and, and I wonder if it was style and approach and history so not mm. forgetting that there's been a lot in the press hasn't there about uh, Rish, Rishi's richness uh, due mm. to his wife and mm. you know all of that kind of stuff so yeah it was it's just been yeah quite entertaining we've had Keir Starmer covered in glitter glitter bombed in fact it's a conference so there's been all sorts going on and I guess I guess the bit that is of most interest to us is the way in which as leaders those people are reacting to these situations yeah, rather yeah. than the situation themselves so yeah yeah and I, I thought actually we've we can all recognize situations in public town hall meetings or whatever if, if you're in a leadership position and you're doing things in public where yes maybe you've not had a glitter bomb or someone stormed the stage but we've I remember doing events and I've I've had protesters stand up and march around and and I thought he handled it pretty well actually he didn't he stayed calm he used it to, to kind of get in to make his point to bridge back into his speech afterwards uh, I actually think the 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 rolled up sleeve shirt worked for him as a look so <laughs> so he styled it out quite yeah frankly. I, I think so but I, I think added so. a bit of extra sparkle so yeah so yeah it is it has been uh, interesting to see how everything's been playing out in that space for sure and the world cup was the other thing that that happened feels like an age ago but that's that's been a really interesting uh, so first of all massive big up to um the women's england football team and the leadership there because it feels like that had a massive um massive massive impact but all of these brilliant um you know female power leading women all overshadowed by what happened with the president of the spanish fa what, mm. uh, how did that play out what a way to handle being criticised, just dig your heels in further, Luis Rubiales, and say, "No, I will not. I will not resign. I didn't do anything wrong. Everybody needs to just get off their high horse about it." And I was thinking, "Oh my god, this is not the handling plan I would have offered to him if he was my leader." No, no. I mean, we've we've talked in previous episodes and previous series about you know sometimes an apology isn't the right right way because then you need to 
so he definitely took that. <laughs> He's obviously <laughs> listened to that episode and took that advice absolutely to the T without listening to the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that with the evidence writ large, and, and even if he, for whatever reason, still felt he didn't do anything wrong, not picking up on the tone of the reaction, it was in and yes. of itself quite poor. So anything else leadership wise that's been happening that we've we've missed or would have been talking about if we were on air? On oh my air. goodness. On, on air. I know, look at us. Oh god. How how we've uh, got lofty as the series has have gone on, eh? Um uh I don't know, I think we've covered sport, we've covered politics, we've covered well, politics is included in the uh talking about conflict that's happening across the world um but again it's interesting how the things that that we talk about stick out because of some sort of negative reason mostly yeah, I mean we've managed yeah. to get a few positives out of you know big up the women in the women's world cup and thinking about how Keir Starmer's responded to being glitter bombed but in the main it's mostly again been the bad stuff that stuck out it feels like yeah but is that true to life? And I mean, there's the evidence, isn't there? People complain more than they give positive feedback. So that is the thing that will stick on people's minds. Um, maybe we'll get onto this in a minute. But yeah, there is there. There does feel a sense to me that whilst there is, it's that one step forward, two steps back. That's how I'm feeling at the moment with with certain things, and um, particularly in the leadership world, I, I can see progress in certain areas. We talked a bit about my my other podcast a bit earlier in the show, and that is absolutely me trying to prove it's possible to do things in a different way. And I've been able to talk to some great chief execs who are leading in in this kind of modern, forward looking direction. But uh, it's still hard. There's still a lot of things, and uh, it's it's that yeah constant you've got to go further and longer it's like a battle isn't it it's Mm. like having to keep pushing rather than it feeling like it's a more natural course of action but but we will get there we will get there and you're absolutely right you've got the proof you've talked to the proof that um that we have got uh leaders who are being more modern in their outlook and more compassionate and acting with integrity and not being stuck in that old stereotype of leadership so um yeah the more we see examples of that the better I think for us in terms of of how we feel about the state of leadership today so back in the beginning of series two I think it was so that's like 2022 we're nearly two years yeah (laughs) (laughs) we did a review of leadership episode and we're kind of in that territory with what we've been talking about already today and we did it with the lens of a report that we'd done not that long ago um at the time around the modern leader and we wanted to see how aligned it felt with with what it was what was happening and it feels like it's a good time as we enter series four as we get to the end of 2023 and we look look ahead to 2024 that we revisit that a little bit um, and maybe do it with the view of what does action taking look like? Because that's been really important to us. So we said, I, I went back in the archives. <laughs> and, look at us now, we've got archives and everything. <laughs> Makes me feel really proper. It does, yeah. Um, so we said in that episode that the role of leaders um, in 
speaking up on things that mattered was going to be something that was super important. Um, and obviously the latest trust reports that came out earlier this year still shows that that's something that really matters to employees, particularly the younger generation. Uh, we started this episode by talking about some of the challenges of, of leaders knowing what they should be saying about some of the stuff that's happening in the kind of current affairs arena at the moment. How how well do you think organisations are stepping into that role of being advocate and spokesperson? I think in my own personal experience, it is it is happening. I'm not sure it's consistently happening. Mm. I would say my own reflections, not just um, in terms of like the organisation that I work in. Obviously, I touch on work with lots of different organizations through my day job but also um through the business I think quite a lot of it is my perception is a lot of this is weirdly personality dependent Mm. so if you have leaders in your organization whose personalities are more inclined to be empathetic and compassionate and open and uh communicative then I think it happens more naturally for your organization I think where organizations have leaders whose personality type is maybe to perhaps be uh, a bit more closed off to other people's views um, maybe you know my way is the way and I'm not open to anything else it feels like that's where it doesn't happen and obviously Mm. in leadership teams there's often a mix of all of that in the dynamic and I guess it's about how much influence some of those voices have to be able to suggest that actually this is an issue that we really need to be taking seriously. The other bit for me that I still think a lot of organisations are not doing enough of and we've talked about this loads and I know it's something you're really passionate about is that engagement piece, that Mm. listening and truly engaging. So actually Do organisations genuinely understand what is most important to their employees, to their customer base, to the people that use their services, to their communities, in order to make some decisions and plan for how they might speak up about those matters that count? So I still feel like there are organisations that are doing a bit guesswork in that space and then maybe not quite hitting the mark. So that's my kind of overall perception of how things have been going particularly this year in my experience i i think that that word inconsistent is is yeah spot on really because i think you do see it but you see it's all it's almost like one of those pick your own adventure books so people are picking and choosing what what they decide they speak out to as well as the the personality politics and, and i and i say politics with a small p not yeah. not the kind of national stuff that we've been talking about but there's that thing what what would look popular if I talk about this versus not and I and I think there still are too many instances of big issues that just aren't being tackled or being sidelined for something else and we've spoken even in the last series of instances where the leadership of certain organizations or or across the sector should have done much better in speaking up on things that had happened and just didn't so I do think but as you say the point around listening and engaging if they were if 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 they did that and they really understood then they would I think be 
yeah, talking about these things a lot more. So I do think there's a long, long way to go on that. Um, but the appetite and the view of employees, of communities, etc., is absolutely still that they see their local leaders, their local business leaders, their local organisations being the mouthpiece that can make change happen. So you've got a really important responsibility. And I think that voice potentially is getting stronger, isn't it? That expectation, actually, mm. I feel like it is getting stronger from those people that are stakeholders to your organisation, actually having those high expectations of you. That definitely hasn't dwindled. In fact, I think that's grown. I guess it's now about really seeing how leaders and organisations are responding to that. Um, uh, and that will be, you know, that's the proof in the pudding, really, isn't it? I suppose, like, are people like you say genuinely listening and engaging with that groundswell of voice um or not and I, and I think there are interestingly sectors that do that really well so if I think mm. about the charitable sector for example I think they have to do that because actually the models in which they they operate as a business relies on that really heavy level of engagement and people making donations and proving that they've made a difference and had a voice and and I don't know whether some of that happens to be more aligned with maybe a stronger sense of purpose about Mm. what your organization and your strategy is about but I I do see that maybe happening a bit more in that sector um, perhaps compared to to others Um, so yeah interesting yeah so the report also we we talked about some of the skills that we thought that leaders needed to lean into more um, in that kind of future look space Um, so it was being values driven, prioritising their well-being, being adaptable. Do they still feel relevant? And, and again, do we think we've seen much progress in, in those areas? I do think they feel relevant still, actually. And I think probably what's playing out in society particularly means the sort of well-being element still feels really strong. I guess when we did the research report and we asked people, we were sort of in that pandemic-y space still, weren't we? So I mm. felt like well-being probably had a huge focus then um, because of that impact. But actually what we've seen is lots more things happening in the world, some of which we've talked about today, but, you know, cost of living, uh, you know, the the uh, current affairs stuff that we've talked about play out. And I think they are all having an impact on people as human beings so for me I feel like the well-being thing is still really important um I'm interested in um the adaptability bit and probably from an employee point of view maybe more so than than other stakeholders because it's Mm. been quite interesting that we had a period where leaders and organizations were talking about being hugely adaptable and flexible in terms of ways of working, ways of leading, ways of operating in their business, in their organisation, as a direct result of the pandemic absolutely changing everything. And I think I've been quite surprised this year in particular at seeing a bit of a shift back to those uh, pre-pandemic ways of operating, which feel less flexible and less adaptable, um, and moving a bit more into that space of, if I can't see you, I don't know if you're really doing what you're supposed to be doing. So I'm intrigued to know why potentially, I mean, I don't, I'm 
just saying this, so I don't know, I haven't got the evidence to back this up, but potentially is that a lack of trust between leaders and their wider organisation? And if so, like, what's the dynamic that's made that happen? Because it felt like actually people were telling us as leaders that we want that flexibility, we want to be able to juggle life demands with work demands, we want to do a really good job and deliver, but we'd really like you to give us that level of, of like flex and and help be adaptable as a leader to those changing dynamics in your organisation. And it, it does feel to me like that's taken some steps back and shifted again. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. And I, I wrote down trust as you were talking because I think that is the, I don't think, not in the main, and again, I've spoken to people where they absolutely are, and have been pre-pandemic of that mindset of you need to let people work in the conditions that you're going to get the best out of them. But there are a lot of organisations that have reverted back to if they're not in the office, they're not doing the work I need them to do. Um, and it does feel, yeah, it just it does feel like we're going backwards. But then also I'm noticing that the I suppose it's this generational gap it, it's widening because the the companies are trying to get more people back into the office even those that were really tech driven and progressive have have zoom being an example yeah, yeah, you know yeah, the yeah. irony where they've said we want we want people to start coming back in um but the workers aren't so keen. You know, people are starting to look for new opportunities. They're trying to seek out organisations that will f- suit their lifestyle. So that values alignment piece is, is being even more important. I think people are voting with their feet a, a little bit more. And I, and I wonder, as we go forward in 2024, what that's going to look like for organisations, some of whom are already struggling to recruit in certain areas I, I don't see the benefit of them being you more know restrictive. being more restrictive yeah, 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 yeah. yeah absolutely and I think it's interesting you saying about that values alignment piece and I know the um, research report said values driven was key um, in terms of what people were looking for uh, from from leadership um, and definitely through the mentoring that I do more and more that question is coming up for people around do my values feel aligned with the values of my organisation and more and more I think the response is becoming uncomfortable for people and you know as individuals that can be challenging because people need to work and need to pay their bills and it's not always as easy as we've talked Mm. about in in previous episodes is going okay your values don't align don't work there anymore um so sometimes it's about you know what what are the impacts you can have to try and create some of that alignment or what are the coping strategies you might need to put in place? Well, perhaps you have to continue to to work in those uh, organisations where that values alignment isn't there. But I feel like that's talked about more, like people Mm. actually use those words more, like I don't feel my values uh, are aligned with those of my organisation and that's making it really difficult for me to be impactful in the workplace. And so I've I don't know whether it's because my ears more tuned into that or whether people actually feel more comfortable having that conversation now. Mm-hmm. I don't have an answer to that. I'm like, <laughs> oh, something... sorry, I, I, I left that as like a question directly <laughs> for you, whereas it was more of a rhetorical question, as in I don't think any of us have the answer. I wasn't expecting you to blow me away <laughs> with some bigger, big response to that, Lee. Sorry. <laughs> 
but why don't you know? You know everything. You're my go-to person for all of these issues. <laughs> so what what else are we predicting for 2024 in terms of the leadership world? We've talked a bit about, I suppose, this reverting back to some of the... And I don't think it's just this staying at home no. versus coming into the office. I think there are other behaviours that we're starting to revert back into and I'm not liking it. <laughs> oh my goodness, I got the finger wag then. Please don't tell me I'm doing some of those bad behaviours, wagging your finger at me. Um, I'm thinking what you're about to tell me is where you think leadership might be heading in a negative way because you've seen some of those bad behaviours. No, no, I was just saying, I, I don't think it's just exclusive no. to that. But So where do we think in 2024 good and bad but what's going to be influencing leadership I suppose in 2024 so I definitely think over this year so I'm hoping this continues into next year there have been more discussions in public spaces uh, and with leaders about issues around psychological safety and how to create environments where people can thrive for example um so that feels really positive and i would like that to continue i would like leaders and others to understand more about what that truly means for them in their organization and how they can help create some of those conditions in a genuine way that's my Mm. thing about it needing to to feel genuine and i have definitely seen a sort of groundswell of more women speaking out in that leadership space and uh, having a voice and potentially being a bit more demanding about what they expect from uh, the leadership teams that they work with, how they want to operate as a leader and, and kind of what that means for them. So I think those vibes are definitely kind of still there and will probably continue um, into 2024. Um, so hopefully they're they're good things that might uh, mm, mm. might carry on. Um, so I don't know about you on the good front, Lee. What your thinking is on the positives for next year? Um, I well, one of the things that again, it's it's hard to know whether it's been manifested because that's what I've been focusing <laughs> <laughs> on or not. Um, I say with a massive tongue in my cheek. Um, but this this whole concept of self-leadership, and we're going to talk about that later on in, in this series, but I do think that there's, um, I'm noticing it more and more of leaders taking that time to be more aware of the impact that they're having and doing more work on themselves and how they want to show up as the type of leader that they are. Um, and also just like that, that clarity of, these are the boundaries that I'm going to work to. This is this is the type of leader I want to be. All of that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that that focus on self leadership, I call it. I I think will have more prominence over the next year. I think there are things, and I don't know yet whether the, there's probably good and bad for this, but I think the role of AI and tech is probably going to be interesting to see what that means from a leadership world and a kind of leadership perspective. Will it um, help or hinder? Will people embrace it? Or again, is it something to be scared of? I I don't have the answers, but I think it's going to be an interesting one to, to look through a lens of. And, and I think on that point of the AI 
in tech, the trust issue comes back in, doesn't it? Mm. Because not knowing how that will play out in the leadership space, I think leaders might need to be quite thoughtful about how they embrace AI, given everything that we've seen around kind of fake, you know, fake news, fake people, fake everything in terms of conversation that's all all been generated digitally. So again, it's that I, I hope what doesn't happen is that leaders become hugely reliant on digital tech and AI to do some of their leadership role for them, mm. which are the bits that really they need to be doing themselves because that's yeah. where the growth and the learning is. So yeah, that would be my only worry in that space. But I think leaders do need to do a lot of learning and really get to grips with what impact that's going to have not just for their sector, organisation and business, but like you say, for them as a leader and their leadership mm. teams, for sure. I think the the equity and inclusion agenda is going to continue to be prominent next year as well. Um, I, th- I think probably the, the negative instances are the things that are going to continue to draw light to the issues. Um, but... And and I say this having seen a letter that that came out. I know you I work know in what the health you're gonna, service. I know what you're going to say, and I'm already got my heckles up. And so this this kind of diktat from from central government around organisational approach to managing um, equality and diversity in organisations in in the health sector in particular um, came out last week at the point that we were recording anyway last week, and. Um, again feels like it's a backward step and not being sensitive to some of the real uh issues that underlie the health service in particular but i do wonder whether again is that going to set a tone for elsewhere yeah absolutely and yeah there's something i think that's that thing isn't it about tone tone of leadership what's that going to be like and it feels like we've talked about it already some of that more hierarchical command and control old-fashioned stereotypical leadership stuff seems to be bubbling back up to the fore and it's about how do well our task obviously because this is what we're all about how do we how do we stop that taking prominence again and I'm not sure that just the two of us are going to be able to do that by ourselves but hopefully with our listeners and our wider community we can we can challenge some of that but it is interesting to see that sort of slipping back in yeah, and and I, you know, next year is all going to be around election ramp up, isn't it? And that is, you know, we talk about tone, that is going to set a tone. And that we've talked a bit around populism and the fact that people are playing for points and and saying things just to try and score on that populist front. That is just, you know, we know that that's going to be a theme of the election, certainly by some parties, not necessarily all all parties. Um, I think it's going to distract and it's going to throw a lot of things into the debate that, again, could be undoing work and progress. Being a bit sad now. In fact, I'm going to reframe that. I'm all about the reframe this year. I'm reframing that. I'm not going to feel sad about it. I'm going to uh, feel like it set me a challenge to want to make sure that I don't slip into that sort yeah. of space and think about how I can use it to motivate me and us through the collaborative that we're part of to really try and challenge some of that. So yeah. reframe, sad to start with, positive opportunity to challenge now. Yeah. And like there are, you know, there are people out there. We just need to find those those people and and it will be small steps and 
one step forward, two step back is how it's felt. We we take another step forward at some point and we have to find what that is. <laughs> Absolutely. So well, I think that's we've we've wanged on for forty five minutes. Wanged on. We've, wanged, we've shared some very insightful thoughts Sorry, and comments yes. about leadership today. AKA <laughs> wanging on. We've been wanging on on our soapbox again. We're back. <laughs> Did you miss us? So we've got lots of things. I'm sure what we've been talking about today, we're going to be touching on in the coming weeks as we we delve a little bit. We're going to do a deep dive into some of these. T- <laughs> For those who are listening, not watching, you won't have seen my extreme eye roll that I did then. <laughs> yes, she didn't mean it. She was just using that weird leadership language that we don't like on purpose. <laughs> so, we'll so, be back. Yeah, I think that's all. There's, We've got an outro that will play, so I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> See you next time. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to hit follow to make sure you get the next episode. And if today's discussion resonated, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We also have our Substack community where you can get behind the scenes info, ask us anything sessions, and build your network with like-minded leaders. Visit howtotakethelead.substack.com to find out more. And if you want to work with us to challenge and change leadership in your organisation, get in touch by dropping us an email, howtotakethelead at gmail.com or DM us on the socials. Until next week, get out there and take the lead.